This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Well, hey, thank you for tuning in today. And today's a special day. It's Memorial Day. And, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are out to all of those today who uh, gave that ultimate sacrifice and uh, left all of themselves on the battlefield today. And I say, uh, rejoice, celebrate you know, have your barbecues, do all those things with your family. Why? Because that's why they fought. So um, enjoy it. Rejoice them, but just remember them. That's it. So uh, welcome to the war room today, my friend. Yes, James Rayleigh. Thank you much. Nice to meet you guys. Good to Uh, see. Happy uh, Memorial Day to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, it's definitely. It was great to have sort of uh, prior to recording just uh, some perspective on life. Sometimes you get so caught up in the day to day or whatever's going on. Uh, to have a a conversation about a push towards a broader perspective of the uh, powers that be at large and how the world moves, and then to bring that energy into from a macrocosm to a microcosm of us here and sort of the some of the things that we do to survive day to day as business owners entrepreneurs things of that nature uh james i'd really like to dive in on a conversation about that and maybe start where i think it makes the most sense which is do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs i do in fact um growing up so i've been working um since age 11 which is hard to believe my mom and my dad both had their own separate businesses. Um, and, and so I worked with my dad. We were the first residential window cleaning in the county. So we would do as many as eight houses a day. We'd come to your house. Uh, you know, you called my dad ahead of time and he booked it. And uh, I was usually the inside guy. And so I'm stepping over the piano benches and the water beds and everything else. And and, um, you know, your, your five-year-old that wants to follow me around the house and see what's in my bucket and all of that. And, and, um, I, I did that every weekend and all summer. And, um, I did that for well, Jeepers until I was about 30 until I was probably should have moved on a little bit sooner than that. But, uh, yeah, I was there a little bit too long, you know what I mean? And I uh, wasn't, wasn't quite ready to brave up and move out into the real world. I've, I've moved out on time, of course, but um, I'm just saying, and my mom, she had a uh, academic preschool. And um, so she had 12 kids in the house and she had them up. Some of them were like a first grade reading level by the time they got out of preschool. Uh, their public schools were telling them, slow down. We haven't learned cursive yet. Um, you know, my, my mom was very much 
she she had the first master's degree for her for a reading specialist in the state of Washington at that time in the late seventies had to get special permission from her college to be a married woman living at home because they were expecting female students would be living on site. They were, you know, under 25, they, they weren't, their system wasn't set up for uh, a mom. (laughs) So, um, yeah, yeah. So um, I do have a lot of that in my in my experience. Helped my mom's business a lot too. So yeah, there's a there's a recurring theme that whenever someone does come from a family of entrepreneurs, there's no way as a child of those entrepreneurs you're going to escape working in the in the family business. There's just no way. Uh, at some point, you'll be involved in that, and uh, it's just cool to see how that theme plays out because I'm sure that a lot of that carried over. Uh, when you decided to launch Turbine Web Solutions, a lot of the things that you saw and learned from that, is that accurate? It did indeed. From um, from my dad's business in particular, a lot of, so I do like a lot of development work, right? Uh, programming and stuff. And normally people in my profession are not terribly people you know, that they're not good with people necessarily. Um, and I am, because I've been doing it for 20 years, uh, even even before I went on with my normal career life outside of that, uh, I, I dealt with grandmas and little kids and everybody in between, nannies who didn't speak our language, um, you know, lots of uh, you know, just from wide varieties, we did a lot of uh, some small commercial stuff too. And, and so you have to learn how to work with people, how to respect their space and their privacy, but still get that window done. That's right behind you back there. <laughs> um, you know, including like the first day of spring break when the teenagers are all sleeping late, you know, and you figure out the political finesse of being in somebody's house protecting their family privacy, but still basically going around to every room in the house, uh, you know, in a normal size house, we'd be out of there and probably in a normal split level, we'd be out of there in less than an hour and a half uh, with my brother and my dad and I. So we're all over the place. We're in every room. So to be able to uh, honor that and uh, handle that conversation and that rapport with people. My, my dad still got customers that he's had for 20, even 30 years. He's still doing the work. He's over 70. He's still doing the work and it's the rapport. Yeah. Um, every time there's a layoff somewhere, he gets competition, but the competition doesn't hold a candle. You know, what's hilarious. It's oh, funny. So. Cause I just posted on LinkedIn today, a meme about why is it so hard to be your authentic self? Right. I mean, it's a basic human skill, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yet we seem to have this struggle where people have a hard time just being their authentic self. Right. And mm-hmm. your dad's a perfect example of, of that guy that he's, he, he's just himself. Right. And oh yeah. He's not completely normal. Be, yeah. You know, not trying to be somebody else, not trying to have this persona or all these, these things, right? No, no. And, and he wasn't trying to be an empire builder either. He was just, he was just there to work, you know, and that was part of, that's part of his, um, 
um, his style. He didn't, because it's so personal, um, he knew that if he sent an employee to your house, it would probably be somebody different the next time and all that stuff. And it wouldn't go over very well. You don't know who's showing up at your door. You're really going to let them wander around your house. Um, it's a, it's a thing. So it, it, you have trust stuff. It doesn't, the business inherently can't go to a dozen trucks and, you know, all these cities, you can't always franchise everything <laughs> and that's okay. Um, being your authentic self is what the customers want. It's what they need. It let's make, it's what makes each of us different, even though we may have a zillion competitors around us. I love this. So is this taking that you launch turbine web solutions first or any other business? So uh, its predecessor, um, I started it in 2001 as a moonlighting thing um, to keep my still skill sharp. Every, every time you have a programming job somewhere, they, don't, they have their stack. They have just their limited set of stuff they want to use, which means you get rusty and everything else. Um, well, that's not good. So I started Freelance Digital at the time as a way to, uh, back in 2001, um, to, and I, I just basically did websites, um, did some e-commerce projects as well um, with the idea of staying sharp. I'd pick up gigs for on uh, Craigslist and uh, I'd reach out to them and make them an offer they couldn't refuse and, <laughs> and uh, use that to stay sharp. And then I'd make sure that I had something in that project that I was learning that was new you know, uh, uh, not necessarily a new programming language or something, but a new, a new situation, a new industry. Uh, I value cross-pollination a lot. I, I do a lot of stuff in kind of the financial realm. Uh, a lot of my projects seem to go around uh, <clears throat> like legals, bankruptcies, uh, mortgage type things, you know, financial world. But at the same time, I bring in ideas from a florist customer of mine, from, you know, um, from uh, some Clinton medical types of projects that I've done, things like that. So yeah, that, that cross-pollination helps me a lot. Um, when I decided to go full-time in 2015 as Turbine, um, I put myself in, you know, set up an LLC and and got it going. And it's, it's been, that's just been the way I've been doing it ever since I've been full-time um, self-employed and enjoying that um, enjoying the freedom of it, enjoying the ability to design what the customer wants without necessarily all the complexities that they were worried about. A lot of times I work with mostly small businesses and they haven't dealt with a programmer directly before. I'm not a PM. I'm not going to hand it off to somebody. It's me. Mm. I actually code it up. You, you, you call me a year from now, six years from now, 10 years from now, I'm the one that wrote it. I'm still the one that can add your back button or whatever you want me to do this week. That's valuable to, to a small business in particular um, that once a right-hand person that they can simply hand it off to and not necessarily have to spec it all out and get it all, you know, I'll, I'll handle that stuff. 
I'll give you estimates. I'll let you know, you know, if it's, if it's a practical approach, I'll make you drawings to make sure that we're on the same page before I code up anything. We'll do little pieces at a time. So you can see that I don't just disappear. Um, some devs do after they get the check, they disappear. Um, they go and get a better offer and they cash your check and they, they make a bad name for all of us. So I want to give, you know, I, I have that high customer service standard that my, that I learned from my dad, yeah. where I'm interacting with those customers all the time. I, I value that my customers value that um, directness. How did you make the shift from like the window industry to doing like full stack development? Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you for asking. How did you make that shift? Yeah, that's no, a that's, big a, that's shift. a big shift. That's a that's a big <laughs> shift. So, um, so um, I'm self taught, and by that, I I found some gigs on Craigslist, like I mentioned earlier. Built myself up enough capability that I was able to get my first. Um, like my first um, sort of non-family business job, if you will, was for a nonprofit that did low-income housing. And they didn't pound the nails. They were the ones that got the HUD funds and got the architects and all that. And I was there as office manager, but it took, but I, I did all of the programming type of stuff while I was there. I took care of 20 machines, so I learned about servers and all of that while I was there. Um, learned how to deal with corporate life that way, how to track a lot of information. HUD wants to know, you and I want to know as a taxpayer, hey, did that money that we paid for that project, that that block grant that we that we gave that neighborhood, did that did that help people? Did did was there any I, I had to directly close like with HUD itself in DC, like seven, you know, like what, four years worth of HUD grants. That's not my specialty at all. <laughs> Obviously um, coming from a window washing background, you know, um, everything's got its art, but that's a long way from um, dealing with grants. So I did the, I did their website. And while I was there, I had a cool opportunity for, we'd had a project for the city, uh, city of Seattle to be specific um, and, um, they were trying to apply for grants. There's, there's tons of nonprofits all doing the same thing. And they, when they're in the same city, they're competing for the same grant money. So the city thought it was smart to just get everybody together on the same page and apply for those funds as one group, as one entity, and then we'll divvy it up. Great. So, um, the previously, um, our, since we're basically a consulting company, um, this nonprofit was, we would help them grant, get the grant money and help organize all this information from all these nonprofits. I built a program that allowed us to directly get that information and fill out those questionnaires from the public, you know, from the actual nonprofits. And I converted what was a two-week process for us down to a two-day process. Um, and then the next year when we did it again, I had next year's forms, if you will, set up in like an hour, um, you know, and the company did pretty well off of that. Oh, and we won that, that helped the grant. We got a $19 million grant for the city of Seattle that year. 
Um, that's pretty substantial for, for low-income housing in the next year. I think it was uh, like 18, I think, the next year um, across, and that went across like 80 or so nonprofits. And then after that, um, I was able to get a full-time job at um, on a contract basis at Microsoft. And uh, from there, I, I did work at uh, Philips and did more Microsoft stuff later, a lot of SharePoint stuff in particular. Um, I was there in 2007 when it, when it hadn't, when their SharePoint 2007 product had not yet rolled out to the public, I was internally making customized SharePoint sites with no documentation from anybody. There was no books. There was not even a lousy help page anywhere. You're figuring it out. So from there, I learned how to work with very little material and still get the job done um, and not take forever doing it. Um, even when the decision makers were off in meetings and left me kind of to figure it out, they trusted me. Hey, Jim, can you figure this out for us? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I'll get back to you in a couple of days. And I did. And, and from there, it, it just moved on. And from there, I learned how to build larger, more complicated projects, um, ones that had bigger stakes uh, and uh, more complexity to them. I did one for uh, a large Dow 30 company where I had to lead a group of devs to work on a project that I wasn't allowed to see because I didn't have the security clearance. We were outside contractors. We need you to upgrade. We need you to recreate something that was built in 1973, which punch with punch cards. Everybody that knows how to do it has retired. Wow. Google will give you nothing on this stuff. Um, go forth and conquer. And oh yeah, this is like mainframe moving stuff off of mainframes. So um, that means I have to figure out what the mainframe was doing for it. Um, and particularly my job was replacing something. Oh, and it had to be configurable because it had to be had to work within a network that I wasn't allowed to see as an outside contractor. So um, we did that, and I I think it turned out well. Uh, the 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 crew over there were um, were really happy that we were able to put that together for them, and it gave them the flexibility they needed. That's a that's a hard challenge. That's kind of tight ropey stuff. It was a little nerve wracking, I'll be honest, but. Um, to have something that flexible still work for them when I have no way to really, um, it's hard to build something you can't see in live. Um, so, you know, that's, I, I think that gives me some unique skills along those lines. Yeah. Uh, I myself do very, very light front end web development. Oh. Just, it was just something I picked up along the way. I uh, started off very similar to you in the sense that I was like, oh, I can moonlight doing this and build whatever I'm trying to build. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is definitely a point where it helps to know more as much as you possibly can, different languages, you know, especially JavaScript, you know, you go to you get into Node and everything else, like that level of stuff. And so I know that that work is meticulous. It takes very detailed oriented person to, to be able to go in and do that properly, especially with not being able to see the results and how it renders yeah. insane. I mean, the, what you're talking about is crazy. And so yeah. I'm personally curious if that mm -hmm. is the case. And we take the lessons you picked up from working with your family over into this business that you're in now turbine and, you know, all, all the experiences you had and here you are uh, 
same way. You're person to person, long term thinking, flexible, uh, integrity based. What's your vision for Turbine? Where do you want it to go? I want people to have options. So many op- so so many small businesses when they get started, they cobble together a bunch of platforms. That's the thing. And 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 from what I've read, the average small business has like six apps that they have to feed. Well, good grief, that's a lot of mouths to feed. You know, that how many how many workshops does it take for you to ramp up on QuickBooks, on Salesforce, on HubSpot, on do you really have time as a business owner to to do that? Those are good pro- good programs. But altogether, that's a lot of stuff. And and so I want to empower small businesses with tools that are that can talk to those things under the hood if they need them to, but without grieving them without all, with all the learning curves. People just want to be able. So if I can build something that talks your language and the language of your team and doesn't hide any, you know, doesn't have any buttons that aren't relevant to you, doesn't have any features that make you wonder why is this grayed out? Why am I not able to get this to work? If you have to go, if you have to scratch your head about it, then I did it wrong. Um, you know, and I want to know about it so I can fix it. Tell me how the shop talk works. Give me your training manuals. I want to know whatever you'll show me. If I can talk your language, if I can learn how you operate, then my t- intuition will be tuned into the way you operate. And then I can see where you're going when you ask me if this can be done. And that allows me to build it right the first time. And that's going to give you value quicker, sooner, with less to learn. Learning curve is like almost nothing because there's no extra slag in the way. Um, And and a lot of times we're able to phase out a lot of those things because some of them don't necessarily, they're valuable to a point, but we can reproduce a lot of that pretty easily. I'm not talking about reinventing the wheel. I'm talking about taking ownership of your data back, which is important to me. When your information is scattered across six different companies, not only do you create six hackable targets, but if it's all in one place, you can leverage it. You can see the end-to-end material, and I can help you build the right kind of reports that ask the questions you really want to know. That lead that you got four months ago, how much business did you actually get from them a year later? A CRM is just going to tell you they became a customer. It's not going to tell you how much they, how much you made off of them or if they're still a customer. Somebody's going to have to break out Excel and figure that out. Well, we've got all that info. We can figure it out. We can, we can simplify this for you. We can give you the ability to scale. And in this environment where it can be expensive to hire help, um, people start looking at virtual assistants or outsourcing or whatever. If I can build you the tool that lets you get more horsepower without hiring all the extra staff, then by the time you're ready to hire that staff, you'll have the structure in place to scale. So I've got software that I built 10 years ago that is still in use and making money for its clients. I'm not sure a lot of companies can say that. And I'm still taking care of it when that customer asks me uh, to take care of it. I, I don't walk away from it. People, you know, call me well afterwards. Hey, can you add a button? Sure. Yeah, I can. 
here's the estimate on that on that feature you need. When do you need it? And do I have this understanding correctly that you want this to happen? Boom. And and they're good. That that's really good value. And if we can keep all the data around, how much data have you left around in all the different CRMs that you popped around in just in the last two years? They can't, they don't all export. What do you do with it when you export it? What do you suck them into? Does it take it? What do you do with it? Well, the customer doesn't necessarily know. A lot of this is kind of new to them. Um, let's equip the small business to get to the place that they want to be. So my vision for Turbine is helping other visions happen. A, a turbine itself is an engine that mixes air into fuel, into the fuel, and gives you a lot more horsepower. That's the idea behind turbine. So it's not because I grew up near you know aerospace areas. It's uh, a fair guess, but it's got nothing directly to do to that. It's because of what the nature of a turbine is. It's a big engine. So my my tagline is big power for small business. And I think you could see how that connects. There's so many lessons in this conversation from uh, problem solving predominantly and the value of a person that can solve problems, uh, integrity and what that means in business, especially business to business, right? there's family values and, and what that means growing up uh, for the younger people who may be a part of that world. And like, how do I, how do I add to the legacy or how do I contribute? Mm-hmm. Branching out on your own and taking the lessons that you learned is probably the most effective way to repay what maybe your parents who are well, who are well off are doing exciting things for their time. That seems to be like a lesson that carries over. And there's probably a lot more that I could continue to enumerate, but I also want to make sure I give Jason a chance. I'm sure he has a thought or two he wants to add to this. (laughs) Yeah. It's, you know, we live in a world today of technology bombardment, right? When it comes to all these things, Oh, here's this new, this new trinket and here's this new toy and here's this plug this in let's see what that does well hey we got this wordpress plugin that you know shoot this there's a toilet attached to it right i mean <laughs> it's just like there's just like all this stuff right and we're just bombarded with technology and you know i i have the the great fortune to uh, over at the strategic advisor board my one of my directors, he's also a tech heavy guy. He owns his own tech company and he's been working on how to put an entire business on one screen. Well, guess what? That's not an easy thing to do. (laughs) That's true. But, but imagine as a business owner, everything that you have is one tab and one screen, right? Yep. Instead of, all this garbage. I got to log into this account, log into that account, log in here, log in there. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what we're used to. Right. So it's like, it's, it's this crazy inundation process of technology that, yeah. you know, where people like you can take all of that and just like streamline it into one yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. All and those, I mean, I, I want that all on one screen thing too, but to make it usable, Right. I want to get, you know, why, why are you getting all these darn notifications? Is that really helping you? 
somebody opened a file. Now you get a notification. Okay, I, mean, I got like I've, I've been told that some 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 people that I've talked to get like dozens of these things a day. Doesn't a dashboard make more sense? Mm-hmm. Why you know? How can I deal with my email issue? <laughs> Don't use stuff that generates it. You know. Um, <laughs> Digest that stuff in a different way. Let's build you a better mousetrap that's going to stick with you. Um, let's let's get something that's suited to you and your team that that talks to what they're doing tip to tail. I do a lot of that too. I'll integrate with whatever needs to be integrated with. Um, and my stuff is is portable in that sense, the, the code. Um, is is portable in what it can interact with. I, I I'm not going to make you use a particular language. Um, <laughs> the stuff I use will fit. Um, you know, I I use vanilla JavaScript, and and that may sound primitive to the devs out there that might be listening to this, but it lets me stick my little bits of code that people need into places that otherwise are not compatible, where you just don't have the option to wow. to put in. React or something or jQuery or something. Not every third, not every platform lets you do that. So what are you going to do then? You need somebody that's flexible. You need somebody that can sticks, you know, that knows how to find the spot to put your function in and weave it into the rest of the fabric without making a big mess of it. So true. So true. And I do that. And that's crazy because you're doing this at a time where right now everybody's talking about no code, right? This whole idea of like you can, and while that's amazing, even those platforms, and because I definitely use them, even those platforms take an immense amount of onboarding to even get it to do what you wanted it to do. So there's no way that someone who isn't exactly tech savvy can leverage the no code experience. And then what you're talking about is the idea of all those softwares having to be ported through an API that may or may not work exactly the way you want it to. And then you also have to have a spreadsheet that you connect to some kind of data scraper to help you pull the numbers together. And then you still have to turn that into a dashboard itself and another sheet. And no, the work you do is immense. And the fact that you've been able to solve the problems long enough to have developed a way to get involved in any stack and ideally mm-hmm. simplify that stack so that all people see are the notifications they want to see, the buttons they want to see, the yeah. language on the buttons and the tabs that they want to see so that it's, it's literally speaking your language is what you're saying. I'm trying right. to make your, your business an extension digitally and not the other way. Right. And, and because... I'm I'm full stack, you know, is the term for it. That means I can do the UI stuff all the way down to the database. I've designed plenty of databases, um, but I've done lots of CSS, HTML. Uh, my first CSS course goes back to like IE5, Whoa. you know, so it goes <laughs> back a ways. Um, so I can do that. Well, if you're doing a government contract, they like IE. So yeah. <laughs> uh, even even though Microsoft has phased it out, Internet Explorer they, they exists somehow somewhere. Won't let you let go of it. They will not <laughs> seem to let you let go of it. I still know how to use it. Uh, I still know how to talk to it and all that stuff. And there is the business rules to consider. Just because you can drag and drop something in place doesn't mean that you're going to be able to necessarily build what you need with it. Struggling with all the connectivity and all the parts and pieces is just part of it. But harvesting the business rules from the from all the the people you work with 
that's a part of what I do. I put that in modules in the code where I can actually write automated tests against them. Against them. So no matter how complicated these tests, uh, these these tasks are, hey, I need an automatic way to suck stuff in from some third-party XML from 10 years ago. Here's what their schema looks like. Here's what their, their files look like. This field here may be this, and it might be that. It might be blank. It might, you know, build me something that sucks that in and makes it into something I can see and work with. Done. You know, um, there, there are a lot of business rules to consider when you are the poor soul trying to DIY it. And and even if you've got the resources uh, at work there to do a a low code and stuff, what are you going to do if your if your boss decides he doesn't want to pay the the fee every month? What if you leave and you know you, you move on to a better job? Now the next person has to deal with it. And good grief, it's a yeah, it's a short straw. Don't stick me with it. I don't know what to do with it. Yikes, you know. And then it gets abandoned, but it's business pivotal. You know, so having something that's isolated from business changes like that, who can still honor those, like I'll, I'll build something that talks to accounting systems, QuickBooks and other things, but I don't need to make the UI look any different. I'll make it look like what you want it to look like. And I'll let it talk to whatever it needs to talk to behind the scenes, whatever that is this week, without starting all over again. That's yeah. valuable. We don't want to make your people have to relearn everything again and again and again. Um, we want to get it under control where your people can benefit from it, where management can leverage the data, especially in this area where you're not allowed to use thir third-party cookies anymore. Well, if, if it's all in one place, then you've got that first-party information already. Yeah, You know what they bought. You don't have to tag your umpteen page site all the time. If you've built the, the, your system properly, then you've probably already got that information. But if it's shredded out into all these different unrelated places, you're going to have a hard time pulling it together. And it's going to cost you a bunch of extra manpower and bandwidth. There's a better mousetrap for that. And that's the one that's built for you. A, 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 a custom job is going to be leaner than cobbling together a bunch of mishmash and gluing it together with API integration tools. Does that sound like a way to, to, to scale a business? Is, no, you know, that, no. that, that's a good first step. It's a good way to get your, your thoughts out, your, what you need. It's a good first way to, you know, like the, the people out there, I, I have a lot of respect for people that just put oceans of, formulas into Excel stuff. <laughs> it's been said that every database starts out as an Excel sheet. So if, yeah. if it's getting to that point, let's move it into something more legit that everybody can actually interact with at the same time. Nice. We use all the formulas. We incorporate that. We don't start over. We use whatever you've worked out. Let's protect your rules. Let's make them work for uh, everybody that they need to work for. And that is your competitive advantage. If you've got people in your in your org that have worked out these kinds of details, if I'm using the same platform as a billion other people, then I'm at the best going to get the same results as they are. 
if I want a better mousetrap, how do they do it at the racetrack? Somebody's got to work on a better car. Let's make sure it's you. Hmm. There's something poetic as we begin to put a bow on this and, and close things out. There's something poetic about what's happened here in this conversation, because you used to go into homes and make sure that their windows were easier to see through. And now you're developing a new window, a digital window that's easier for them to see through. And mm-hmm. that's, that's just a poetic uh, way to look at the journey and what it's been. And uh, I know we alluded earlier to some things that they could specifically do, young leaders, let's say. So if there was, as because there's two things left to ask, right? Number one is, uh, what would you say to your 18-year-old self, your younger self, for the young leaders out there who want to follow the footsteps? And, and please make sure to add how people can get a hold of you. And then I'll ask you the grand finale. Sound fair? Sure, sure. So what would I tell my 18-year-old self? I'd say get out there sooner. I didn't have the nerve, to be quite honest, to, to try the corporate world. I was out there for 15 years when I got out there. Um, and that's plenty. My resume, if you see it on LinkedIn, feel free. Um, you know, Jim Rayleigh on LinkedIn. Um, you can see that I've got lots of experience at large company. I, I worked at a life insurance company for five years a brokerage, you know, um, hundreds of, of data points to work with in dealing with life insurance. And I would tell myself to not be afraid to get, to, to take those steps sooner rather than later. Um, it, it's easy to say, I'm not big enough. I can't compete with that. You know, I'm not good enough for that. Um, find that first person, that first customer that will give you a break and then take care of them like crazy. And then the person that they hook you up with, then those people and stuff, always take care of your people. My, my, my dad would not have kept his customers if he did a crummy job, no matter how cheap he was, but people are trusting you to be in their house. It doesn't get any more intimate than that. Are people trustworthy for that? Or are they just wanting the 1099 a month approach? You know, um, let's let's do that. And, and you had another question there, um, Philip. I'm yeah. sorry, what was it? No, no. The the the, the follow up to that before the grand finale is, you know, specifically. You then think you alluded to it. People can reach out to you on LinkedIn. Should they go to uh, Turbine Web Solutions website? Yeah. So TurbineWebSolutions.com. Um, no separators. Just all big, you know, turbine web solutions, just the way it sounds, no weird spellings or dashes or any of that. Just, just that simple. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's that, you know, I'm also, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I spend time, not just in the programming side, I spend more time actually in the continuous improvement realm because I learn a lot from, uh, from that crowd. It's a, it's, it's very interesting. I get a lot of feedback from this. Like, why are you interacting with us? It's like, well, because I build tools and you build tools too. So yeah, I'm just in the software side, but we're both interested in streamlining a process to improve the profitability and the efficiency of the Oregon question. My tools are different than yours. I'm not using lean and all that stuff, but I've, I've read up on it. I've been following along. I've been learning. I'm still learning. Um, yeah, I know it's not my department, but as a business owner, it is my department <laughs> and as somebody that that needs to be able to help you 
it's all the more important. You will value the fact that I chose to take it up. Yeah, no, that's huge. I can, I can see the correlation. And um, before I ask the grand finale, I want to make sure Jason doesn't have anything that's uh, percolating in his head uh, before I go there. Well, percolating, there's always something percolating. <laughs> no, no matter what. I in relation to the conversation. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I enjoyed this conversation just from the standpoint of, of uh, your story, the whole storyline of it all. That is the American, uh, the backbone of America is small business, right? And that is the, my story almost mirrors yours when it comes to my father and he was a farmer and my mom was a, ran two or three businesses in town and they were very, you know, on point ethically and all these things. And so we have some very similarities. That's great. with with those kind of things and you know small business is hard it's not easy if it were everybody'd be doing it right so mm-hmm. but but uh you know so i i think that uh you have something special and continue to nurture that and just as long as you're always getting better and helping people that's all that really matters so, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. That's that's every project gears me up for the next one. There you go. Yeah, always making sure to learn. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's time for the the big question. Yeah, and so yeah, we, we talked about this earlier, <laughs> but I'm really actually excited and interested. Uh, it's just been such a great conversation. Uh, if you could have invited anybody today, uh, Jim, if I may, uh, who would you have loved to have had here, and, and why do you think that's the case? <sighs> What a wonderful question. So, um, you know, it's, I could think of a few people, but, but one that I would have loved to have interacted with even in a show like this or otherwise would be Steve Jobs, not because he was a billionaire or, 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 you know, because he was, but because he was an innovator and he made a, I mean, his company slogan was think different. And despite whatever we think of the the latest model of iPhone or whatever, the guy thought outside the box so far ahead of time that it took the competition years to keep up. It it takes good people, but it took a visionary to do that. And I think what I could have, what I what I would have, the cross pollination that I could have gotten out of somebody who was willing to go for it who's willing to say, yeah, Wall Street doesn't like my idea, but I'm pretty sure people out there will. That, I, I, I think, created, you know, that mindset still creates a lot of the jobs and the entrepreneurial spirit of, of our country. You know, I mean, a lot of the inventions out there were invented by a small business. I've got a blog post about it on my website, actually. Um, small businesses that invented something. It wasn't always the work of some big company. And, and so having, having a conversation with, with a Steve Jobs um, himself or, or somebody, of that, uh, somebody of that type, and there aren't that many people of that type, what, once every 50 years, maybe? We'll, we'll get somebody in that inventor mindset 
who is willing to go against type, who is willing to go against the expected, and it just totally throws off the competition. And, and it makes a meaningful difference in the people that are using that person's products. That's a wonderful thing. And, and having that inspiration, I think small business needs that. We are up against so many Goliaths, so much AI and automation, and everybody wants to mechanize what you do. But it's you that needs to stay distinct in all of this. Let's do what we can as a, as a group of businesses um, to, to help serve that purpose for our listeners and our, our viewers out there in podcast land um, and, and your, your, your subscribers. Let's see what we can do to empower them against Goliath. And that might just be the other company down the street. It may not be some Dow 30, but we're all up against Goliath. I mean, I'm, you know, a lot of people outsource what I do. You could say I'm up against entire countries. I don't consider myself that, you know, that that they serve, you know, they they help a certain, you know, situation of people. That's fine. But I want to serve small businesses directly. Um, They need a face, not just an email address. They need somebody that's going to hold themselves accountable to what people need and still be there over the long term. I have no intention of getting a job at some big company. I like doing this. I like helping people directly. Recruiters love my resume. I'm not interested. Not because of the great resignation or any of that, but because I have the freedom to help owners directly. And I really value that. I really value the relationships just like my dad did uh, and still does. Uh, Being able to interact with those customers directly, I still shoot the breeze. Once in a while, there's a customer that I I can think of that she'll just want to shoot the breeze with me for a good 40 minutes. That's worth the time, not because of its billability. or I mean, it's not billable, of course, but because... It helps me get to know my customer, and I need that as a person. As you can tell, I'm a bit of an extrovert, and I'm not ashamed of that. Um, My customers, I think, are looking for that. Um, I used a little bit of techno babble in our interview, but I purposely am not using a lot. I don't need a lot. If I have to throw a lot out there, then I'm doing it wrong. I was just you know, say. I, I don't need that. I don't want to burden you with it. My job is to help you, not to give you a headache. So <laughs> Steve Jobs would be the would be the would be the person I would I would want to yeah. um, his inspirational way of operating um, against the big and mighty IBM is quite a rare event. Man, so true. So true on so many levels. I, I'm, I'm a big Apple user specifically because it speaks my language. Even though I've, I've messed around with all the other Android products out there, et cetera, I, I can say without a doubt the Apple ecosystem works and it's still using a lot of the legacy stuff that Steve Jobs had done so far ahead of his time. So I know yeah. exactly where you're going with that. And you know, Better engineering at, gives you yeah. better results. Yeah, yeah. and, I, and yeah. longer. Yeah. I, I have a 10-year-old Apple uh, iMac that's still it looks better than half the new monitors and whatever else is going out there to this day. 
Uh, I took a look at your website and I can see, you know, it wasn't just the technical stuff. The front end looks solid. There's no extra buttons or any extra anything that people need to worry about. There's literally no fat on what you're doing there. And it just goes hand in hand with everything you talked about. So turbinewebsolutions.com, check that out. James Rayleigh, Jim Rayleigh, actually, uh, Rayleigh is what you want to go look up on LinkedIn. And uh, I think that closes it out. Thank you so much for your time, Jason. Any closing thoughts as well? Yeah, just that uh, I always say there's 168 hours in a week. Thank you for taking this one small block of time to spend with us. You can replace cars, money, homes, but you can't stop the clock. So thank, thank you for taking the time to impart some of your knowledge on our audience. Yes, sir. Appreciate your having me. Thank you so much. I'd love a great conversation. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Llanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.